All right, if you have your Bibles, open them up to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And I want to look at verse 12, just verse 12 to start off with. Powerful. I got the Holy Spirit give me a powerful message here for today. Wow, what an what a awesome service so far. Holy Spirit took over. Amen. As He should. That's my prayer. When I'm in, the, in my office, before I walk out here, I'm like, Holy Spirit, I said, I push myself to the side. Flow through me. Fill that place and you minister to your people. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 6, verse 12, I want to look at here. And it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Against, sounds familiar from today, doesn't it? Against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. All right. Today, I want to talk about the account in 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 18, where the prophet Elijah, he had an absolute ultimate showdown with the false prophets on Mount Carmel. All right? How many of you know we are living in a country that is full of false prophets? Amen? There is no shortage of false prophets in this nation. I mean, all the way from false religions to, oh yes, the government. Washington, D.C., Lansing, from the government on down. So, it's time for a, I'm telling you right now, I feel it by the Holy Ghost. There is a supernatural showdown. A supernatural showdown that is getting ready to confront the kingdom of darkness in this nation. I entitled this message, Showdown by Fire. Showdown by fire. Now, here's the deal. The definition of showdown is very interesting. I love it. Listen to this. It is a final test or a confrontation intended to settle a dispute. Oh, there's a score to settle with the kingdom of darkness. Amen? Now, we know Jesus through his shed blood, man. He's given us the victory. Amen? But we have to walk this thing out. We have to enforce the victory. Amen? Go with me to 1 Kings chapter 18. And let's start off with verses 17 through 19. There must be a confrontation between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. And you know the beautiful thing is? God uses his people to settle that dispute. I like it. Amen? I don't know. You, you guys got a feisty pastor when they hired me here. I like it. You know what? We'll we'll kick some some hornet's nest. We'll do all this. I'll get right up in the middle of it. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. I mean, one time we had, when I talked against Democrats and all that, there's actually somebody got up and left in a service. It's like, don't let the door hit you on the way out. When you think about it, a local church is a community of what? Believers. Say believers. Believers. Now, we're going to have some unbelievers come into our services. That's why the Word of God says, do the work of an evangelist. Because if there's someone here that's not saved, we want to get them saved. But primarily a church, it's for believers. Amen. I don't know. Paul kicked some people out of a church because for incest and for some things that were not very good. Hello, somebody. Well, that's pretty harsh, isn't it? See, the devil believes... Even the devil believes in Jesus. 
but there's no obedience in him. Amen. Come on, somebody. That's why Paul said a little leaven leavens the whole lump. You get someone in here that's bad news, we have every right to say, you're not welcome here. If they're coming in here trying to start trouble, we have every right to say, see ya. Come on, somebody. Oh, trust me. Pastors are always looking at everything that's happening. Someone will come up to me and say, hey, did you see? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I already saw it. Oh, did you see what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know what's going on. I posted this on Facebook once. It's a picture of Willy Wonka looking through, like, spying at somebody. And it says, when you're trying to lie to your pastor, but he knows every detail of it. (laughs) It's amazing what the Holy Spirit shows when you're a spiritual leader, you know? You got to, that's what a a, a pastor is. He's a shepherd. He's looking out for the sheep. Amen. Looking out for the people. I got to answer one day to Jesus. Are you hearing me? Okay, now, 1 Kings 18, 17 through 19. 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 17 through 19. Then it happened as Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said to him, Is that you, O troubler of Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the Baals. Now, therefore, send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. Now, so let me just give a quick rundown. Ahab was the king of Israel, all right, during this time. And Jezebel, say Jezebel, she was his wife, okay? They were an evil husband and wife combination, All right. Uh, You you know, I was thinking about what came to me is this. They were the Bill and Hillary Clinton of their day. Somebody come on, somebody. Oh, yeah. Oh, you should see the parallels between Bill and Hillary and, and Jezebel and Ahab. It's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. All right. So, oh, yeah, I'm not afraid to say stuff from this pulpit. Oh, I'll get right in your right in your business right now. Come on, somebody. They were Asherah and Baal worshipers. Now, those were false gods uh, and idols during that time, all right? In Canaanite mythology, Asherah was the wife of Baal. So I'm just giving you, that's, they're, they're serving false idols, false gods, okay? Well, earlier in chapter 18, Jezebel killed some of uh, the prophets of the Lord. And guess what? When that happens, God is not going to let that go unpunished. Amen. God is always looking out. I'm telling you what, you're not going to get anything past him. In verse 17, Ahab calls Elijah. Here we go. Listen to this. Ahab calls Elijah a troubler because there was a drought in the land. But Elijah sets the record straight and say, oh, no, 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 Ahab. That drought is the result of you serving, you and Jezebel, uh, having idolatry and, and disobedience and serving false gods. Now, does this sound familiar? The Democrats, evil leadership in the White House, calling Christians troublemakers and haters. Come on, somebody. We need to vote them out. See, they shut the churches down in COVID for a reason, to silence the body of Christ. Because the body of Christ is a force. Are you hearing me, somebody? It was all a spiritual, everything. It's a spiritual attack, amen? Well, listen, there's no more shutting churches down. I don't care if we got the monkey pox. I don't care if we have the giraffe pox. I don't care what it is. 
God says this. He says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. So if God tells me that, we better not do it. Amen? All right. So, and we're especially not going to do it for a corrupt government. Amen. All right. So here's what I also want to say about this. Don't tell me that God is not interested in government and politics. Don't tell me he doesn't want us Christians to get involved in the political arena. The word of God is full of examples of God sending prophets to direct, rebuke, and warn political leaders. He's still doing it today. Are you hearing me? For some reason, politics just seem to be the area where Christians just want to throw it out and say, well, that doesn't, you know, that's not part of the Christian walk. Baloney. Baloney. He wants every one of us to be involved in the political process. And by the way, someone says, well, I'm not even going to vote in this election. Guess what? That's a vote for evil. That is a vote for evil. Amen. You need to use your vote, but use it for the kingdom of God. Your voter's guide, again, is the word of the living God. This is your voter's guide. Amen? I don't care how much money the evil Democrats pumped into their their election and all that. Listen, if the church would rise up and simply do what we're supposed to do, none of those evil people would be in Washington right now. The problem is this. We have Christians who are voting for these individuals. I'm seeing well-known pastors. T.D. Jakes, Creflo Dollar, endorsing these individuals that are for abortion. I'll call them out all day long. What is going on? There's like a schizophrenia in the body of Christ. Come on, somebody. I'm about ready to rock it up into outer space right now. It's such a demonic blindness when Christians vote for these individuals for killing babies and all this stuff. Come on, somebody. You're going to have to give an account for that vote one day, by the way. Don't think you're getting away easy. Come on, somebody. So don't tell me God's not interested in politics. Government and the entire political arena, they set policies. Listen, they set policies that direct a nation either into righteousness or unrighteousness. That comes from Washington, D.C. That comes from Lansing, Michigan in this state. And it leads the the state, it leads a country into righteousness or unrighteousness. Don't tell me God's not interested in that. Go with me to Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the, the church, you know, Christians are haters, right? We're just haters, right? That's what the Democrats say. We're just haters, right? Oh, there's a drought in this country because we're Christians, right? Wrong? Wrong? They're the ones letting evil into this country right now. Proverbs 29.2. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked man rules, the people groan. Don't tell me. Our God is not interested in politics of a nation, of a state, of a city. Of a county. Vote every unrighteous person out of this area. Get them out of that seat. Get them out of there. Amen. Get them off of that school board. Get them out. Let, oh my goodness. Get them out of there. Come on. And if there's not someone to vote for, then we need to stand up and 
So, amen. Now, so if God cares about this, we should too. Amen? When a president or anyone makes a law or a policy that is against the word of God, you are under no obligation by God to obey it. You know that? Christians just follow blindly. Oh, yeah. Oh well, uh, Washington said it. Uh, get out of here. Grow a backbone, people. Get some discernment. Amen? Do not comply. If it's not in line with the word, do not comply. So we need the true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ to arise in this hour and boldly stand for righteousness. Now, in verse 19, Elijah is calling for this showdown against evil, against the false prophets. He tells Ahab, he says, send the false prophets. He said prophets, but I'm calling them false. Send the prophets to Mount Carmel. All right. The word of God says that the false prophets, listen to this, ate at Jezebel's table. Some of you are like, what does that mean? So this obviously means, this reveals that Jezebel, a Jezebel spirit, a spirit of witchcraft was the leader of these prophets. Jezebel was an evil person that used witchcraft to manipulate and control people and situations. She seduced people into idol worship and to obey her evil ways. She was absolutely demonic. And now here's the deal. Ahab, her husband, by the way, this is because she was so, such the control freak. Ahab, he was king, but he wasn't running the show. Jezebel was. Are you following me? Jezebel called the shots for the pro- false prophets, okay? So think, think about the boldness. Think about the courage. Think about the faith that Elijah had to challenge these false prophets. He was fed up. Listen, he was fed up with the corruption and them releasing evil in the land. The idol worship and false prophets, listen to this, are symbolic of this. The evil world system in which we live today. Are you hearing me? Don't ever forget this. You plus God, no matter how many false prophets, you plus God, no matter how many demons are coming against you, you plus God with that sickness or disease is always a majority. But here's the problem. Too many in the body of Christ are addicted to acceptance. Oh, I don't like to be rejected. You're not going to make a very good Christian, then I'm just going to tell you that right now. Come on, somebody. But if you have the Word of God on your side, that's all you need. And if it's you standing alone with the Word of God, that's all you need. Because you're going to have to answer to one one day. That's it. So when dealing with the kingdom of God and spiritual things, natural natural reasoning must be tossed out the window. Do not follow the crowd. Do not say, I'm not going to follow the crowd. Listen to this. Doubt and unbelief. The Holy Spirit gave me this this week. Doubt and unbelief are anchored in what is reasonable to the natural mind and natural realm. But faith is anchored in the word of God that declares all things are possible with him. I like that. How about, you know, you, you just think of different accounts and stuff. When, when Elijah, you know, he told the poor widow who had enough food just for her and her son, right? And Elijah says, here, make me a cake. Can you imagine if that got on CNN? What? But you know what? Here's the deal. When she made the prophet a cake, guess what? It says the flour and oil, it, the oil did not end. She had an abundance because she was obedient. Amen? 
Think of, think of how crazy that is in the natural. Amen? You know, how about tithes and offerings? You know, the Lord says, try me now at this. If I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that you have not room enough to receive it. Many of us are trying to operate on our 100%. God says, give me 10 and you're going to have an abundance in your life. But eh, it don't make sense to your natural mind. Think about that. Amen. Oh, there's the preacher preaching on money. Guess what? You know, oh, you, you, want, you know, I think Jesus was interested in money too. Because it said when they were taking up an offering that Jesus was watching people when he, they were coming up and bringing money into the offering plate. Did you know that? Oh, woo. Whoa. Pin drop in here. It says he was watching who came up and put it in. And that's when he seen the little widow woman. Not little woman, widow woman. Put that just a little mite in there. And what she gave was more than all those who gave more. Because she gave out of her heart. And the others were just like, eh, they're tipping God. They're giving just out of their abundance. Are you following me? Oh, that's good preaching. One of these days you'll appreciate it. Amen? But listen to this. So you got to know that that was the Holy Spirit stirring righteous anger on the inside of Elijah. It's impossible for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit and tolerate evil. Last time I checked, the Holy Spirit has the word holy in his name. When the Holy Spirit fills you, there is going to be a righteous... It's okay. A lot of Christians think, well, I, I can't roll around anger. Yeah, yeah. You need to get angry about some of this stuff that's going on in this country and in this state. Amen? Amen. Christians, we have a duty to push back against evil. We have a duty not to tolerate it, to push back on it. Amen? Amen. And it's a spiritual battle. But we need to let our voices be heard. If you're you're going to be silent, nothing is going to change. All right? So here's the problem. Christians have become so watered down. uh, They've become so watered down with seeker-sensitive messages and distracted by worldly things that they've become spiritual wimps. They've become spiritual wimps. I mean, I'm telling you, what came to me when I was writing that was you become a George McFly with Biff on Back to the Future. Oh, I'm sorry, Biff. Oh, I'm sorry. McFly, why did you wash my truck? Oh, I'm sorry, Biff. I get right. We've become George McFly's. When we're the ones who are supposed to be the biff against evil. Are you following me? Where are the Elijahs that are willing to be bold and stand up for righteousness and proclaim the name of Jesus Christ and the word of God to this nation? Look at 1 Kings 18, verse 20 now. 1 Kings 18, verse 20. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered... (laughs) George McFly, wow. (sighs) So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If, but if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am the, left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore, let them give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves 
cut it in pieces, lay it on the wood, and put fire under it. And I will prepare the other bowl and lay it on wood, but put no fire under it. Then you will call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers, here it is, by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bowl for yourselves and prepare it, prepare it first. For you, are, for you are many, and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. Now, Elijah asked the children of Israel, I love it. He says, how long are you going to falter between two opinions? And then he says, if the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is, follow him. The people, here's the deal. The people would go back and forth between worshiping God and worshiping idols. All right? So what it's saying is, it's the same thing as Christians who go back to the world, now back to God. Back to the world, back to God. Elijah was saying they must follow the Lord wholeheartedly or they're not following him at all. Now look, I want to show you something. Go to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3 verses 15 through 17. Look at this. It says, Jesus, this is Jesus doing the speaking, all right? It says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, underline it, lukewarm, and neither hot nor, or cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And do you not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked? Lukewarm means that you blend in wherever you're at. You're a chameleon Christian. Wherever you're at work with the buds and they're letting F-words fly, you're joining in with them. But you come to church, whoop, time to put on a new, oh, brother, sister, how are you? You just kind of blend in where you're at. How long will you falter between two opinions? If God is God, serve Him. Amen? Amen. Instead of creating an atmosphere for the Lord where you are, you blend in wherever you're at. They influence you instead of you influencing them. But we are called to be sold out for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That my friend, is entry-level Christianity. Think about that. Well, that's advanced, right? Maybe 10 years, 20 years into my walk, I'll kind of get this thing. No, 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 no. If you're not doing it when you've come to your first love right away, you're not going to do it 20 years later. Come on, somebody. That is entry-level Christianity. I want you to notice in verse 17, it connects putting your faith in worldly things as being lukewarm. Did you ever catch that? So, you know, if you're putting your faith in, oh, well, my bank account's fat, I'm good, I have need of nothing, and God says you're wretched, you're naked, you're poor. He's talking about spiritually. See, we got to be focused on our spiritual walk. We need to take a spiritual inventory of our life. Amen? Are you lukewarm? Are you hot? Are you cold? So Elijah challenges the false prophets and tells them to make an altar, put a bowl on it, and to begin calling on their God. Go ahead. Put the bowl on there, and you call on to your God. All right? So, and Elijah would do the same thing, and whoever answers, guess what? He's God. Amen? 
So we are in a time where false gods and idols of this world, the counterfeits of the devil, they're going to be put to shame. I truly believe we're going to see power encounters between the forces of darkness and us in the kingdom of God. Get ready. Get ready. There's a showdown. Say showdown. Get ready for the showdown. I believe this will be an hour. We're going to see the power of God loose like never before. And those who rise up with boldness to confront evil. Someone says, I want to be more anointed. Then speak up against the evil that's going on. I want to be more anointed. Well, then why are you keeping your mouth shut with everything that's going on in Washington? The Lord told me this about Living Waters Chapel. He said, I'm going to use this church as an example to everybody else that you do not have to be seeker sensitive to draw people to your church. There is a remnant rising up in this area. They say, we want a bold path. We want the bold word of God preached. We want it proclaimed. Amen? Amen. They're rising up. And you're part of that. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, The miracle zone is only found outside of your comfort zone. The Holy Spirit, man, the miracle zone is only found outside of your comfort zone. We need power encounters. Go out there. When you're in Walmart, you see someone who's sick or crippled. Go up to them and ask them to pray. Come on, somebody, be bold. Amen. I'll talk more about that in a little bit. Look at verses 26 through 29. 26 through 29 of 1 Kings 18. So they took the bowl which was given them, and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning till evening, uh, morning until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, no one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. They're starting to go nuts at this point, people. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he is meditating, or he is busy, or he's on a journey, or... Perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. Boy, Elijah was having fun here. I love it. This is something I would do, by the way. So they cried aloud and cut themselves. Wow. So they, they cried aloud and cut themselves, as, as was their custom, with knives and lances until the blood gushed out of them. And when midday was passed, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. The false prophets began to call on and cry out to their false god. And there was no answer. This went on for six hours. Isn't that just... And what the Holy Spirit brought to me when I was studying this, isn't that just like those who are in the world? Isn't that just like the carnal Christians? They're worshiping money. They're worshiping all kinds of idols. And it brings no peace. It brings no manifestation. It brings no answers into their life. Only hardship. Because they're not worshiping the true and living God. Come on, somebody. Only a relationship with Jesus Christ, the true and living God, will fulfill and satisfy them. So at noon, Elijah, like I said, I love how he mocked them. Is he meditating? Is he on a journey? Perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. Listen, the false prophets began to cut themselves to try to move their God to answer. By the way, this is what someone needs to hear this right now. Self-mutilation is demonic. If there is a young kid, if there's a high school, someone, an adult, someone, you're, you're cutting yourself. It is demonic. 
you need to have demons cast out of you. Are you following me? The man who was at the tombs, who was the demoniac, it said he would sit at the tombs groaning, wailing with rocks and cutting himself. Demons motivate cutting, self-mutilation. Someone needed to hear that. I had to put that in there. Elijah was confident and expected the Lord to move in this situation. He knew God was going to show up because God led him to do this thing. Say obedience. Obedience is so powerful. Obedience, here it is, release. Oh, come on, thank you. Obedience releases the fire of God. Obedience releases the fire of God. Here, how many of you want to hear what the Holy Spirit spoke to me as I was writing this? Here's those little moments where I get this little thing from the Holy Ghost. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me when I was writing this message. He said, if my people would have that kind of faith, that kind of boldness, and give me an opportunity to move, I will show up and answer when they minister. But he said, many rely on their own flesh. Many rely on their own ability more than me, and that will manifest nothing. You got to know when you're going to pray for the sick, when you're going to cast out devils or do something, you need to know the power is not you. The power is God operating through you. This is where many fall short. Amen. We need to expect the fire of God to fall when we are ministering in the name of Jesus. But you need to recognize where the fire comes from, where the power comes from. You do know that, right? I mean, if we, have, if we have no Holy Ghost, we're wasting our time. We're, we're nothing more than these false prophets trying to cut ourselves and, and trying to get this false God to awake. No, we serve the true and living God. Amen? Now look at 1 Kings 18, verses 30 through 35, as I'm getting close to finishing up here. All right? 30 through 35. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him. And he, this is very important, he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. I love that. And Elijah, oh, Revelation's popping in some right now. And Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench around the around of the altar large enough to hold two sayas of seed. And he put the wood in, in order, cut the bowl in pieces and laid it on the wood and said, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And then he said, do it a third time. Man, he's, he's trying to get his point across. Do it a third time. And they did it for a third time. So the water ran all around the altar, and he also filled the trench with water. All right, now, so I want you to notice that it says that Elijah repaired, rebuilt the altar of the Lord. That's powerful. Uh, It was broken down, and he repaired it. He did not use the same altar of Baal. Are you hearing me? It is time for us as Christians in our personal lives to rebuild the altars of worship and obedience to God. Elijah put a bowl on the altar and he put water on it and all around it. You know why? Because he wanted this to be a no-so experience. There needs We as Christians need no-so experiences. Come on, somebody. 
There's too much of this. Well, well I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to. No, we need a no so experience. We need to rise up in faith, amen, and trust and believe him. So there would be no question that this was going to be the true and living God that was going to answer. Elijah, he put a bull on the altar. But listen to this. And, and I talked about this last week, and I can't shake it. And I've seen, as I was looking on Facebook, other ministers are talking about this. So I know the Holy Spirit's trying to get this across. Under the new covenant, we are to be, that, to be on the altar as a living sacrifice. It's no bull anymore. Are you hearing me? No bull. You get it? No bull. We are to put ourselves on the altar as a living sacrifice, according to Romans 12.1. Put yourself on the altar. Settle it in your heart right now to devote yourself completely to the will of God. And how many of you want the fire of God on your life? Amen? Thank you, you three. I appreciate that. But listen. You must put yourself on the altar for the fire to come upon your life. Many times, the Holy Spirit said this, many times the fire's being held back because you're holding back. You need to be all in. No turning back to the world. No relying on your human wisdom. This is, I'm telling you right now, we're going into a supernatural showdown and the only way the supernatural is going to be released is with pure faith. Get rid of your own thoughts, and you better get the mind of the Lord. Amen? Through the Word of God and the Holy Ghost. Remember, timing and method. Say timing and method. And both of those things come from the Holy Spirit, hearing from the Holy Ghost. All right? It requires humility. All right? You can't have half yourself on the altar and the other half on the world. It's all or nothing if you want the fire of God on your life. Look at, okay, 1 Kings 18, 36 through 40. This is the last portion right here. And it came to pass at that time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. See, he was led to do this. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones, and the dust, and it even licked up the water that was in the trench. Now, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said this, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. You want to know what fell? The fear of the Lord. When things start to happen in this church, all these miracles, signs, and wonders, when they pop, when, when things start to happen in this region, I guarantee you the fear of the Lord is going to fall on Carroll and Tuscola County and this thumb region. I'm prophesying right now. I'm prophesying. This is a supernatural showdown against the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. I'm prophesying it right now. There's going to be a fear of the Lord and people are going to run to get into the presence of God and say, what must I do to be saved? Verse 40, and Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them and Elijah brought them down to the brook of Kishon and executed them there. God didn't play around under the old covenant. Are you hearing me, somebody? 
Now, don't you go out and do that thing. But here's, in the Old Testament, what was going on is, it was always a trying to get rid of evil to preserve the righteous line that Jesus Christ was going to come through. Are you following me? God answered and consumed the sacrifice. When the fire comes, there's no bowl left. When the fire of God comes on your life, all the bowl is gone. All the bowl of the world. Come on, somebody. All the bowl of the false idols gets swallowed up in the fire. That's what I talked about last week. Keep the fire burning. When the fire comes, it purifies that which is of the Lord, and it burns away everything that's not. How do I know when the fire comes? Oh, you'll know. You'll be changed. You'll have a change. Uh, your, your mindset will change. Things you, things you once you know, held on to and dear to, now it means nothing. You're sold out for the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you read on past that, the drought ends. See, here's the deal. This is what the Holy Spirit wanted me to share with you. When evil is dealt with, the curse stops and the blessing returns. Now, we, we hit the first portion of this in our, in our country with Roe v. Wade getting overturned. That's a huge curse that's reversed. Now, let's get these evil people voted out of, of Lansing of Washington. Amen. You watching online, wherever you're from, vote them out in this country and in your country, wherever you're at. Amen. So here's the deal. As I'm on final approach here with this, Elijah's boldness, his faith, his obedience caused the people to turn to the true and living God. See, if, if Elijah never would have stepped up, that would have never happened. You better be ready when the Holy Spirit tells you to do something that is totally beyond your natural mind, that's outside of your comfort zone. Listen, it's not just about you. It's about bringing others into the kingdom. Are you following me? Your boldness, faith, and obedience to God will grab the attention and hearts of those people around you. Listen, when there is a fire, smoke goes up. When the fire of God falls on your life, you will cause people to look up to God. Are you following me? When there's fire, there's smoke. When there's smoke, there's fire. Amen? I seen a, a meme with Smokey the Bear, and it says, "Only you can pre- prevent Democrats from getting elected." Yeah. Come on, I like that. Isn't that good? Come on, red wave, baby, red wave. You bet. Every church should be saying this. Every Christian church should be saying this from a pulpit. This situation, listen, would have never happened if Elijah wouldn't have acted on his faith. And the Holy Ghost said this. He goes, see, this proves, this is more evidence that you are a co-laborer with God. God needs you to cooperate with him. Oh, God don't need me. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Do you know something? You... When you're led by, oh, I love it. When you're led by the Holy Spirit, you are an answer to someone's prayer. Do you know that? When you're obedient and led by the Holy Spirit, you're an answer to someone's prayer. Man, that's powerful. If that doesn't motivate you to want to obey God and be a blessing, I don't know what will. Amen? But listen, the fire of God never misses the altar. The fire will always fall on the altar. 
So we need to build that altar of worship and obedience to the Lord. Amen? We need, I'm telling you right now, God's getting ready to raise up history makers on this earth. He's getting ready to raise up history makers because there is a showdown coming that is just going to blow your mind. All right? So, we need to rise up in faith with boldness. We need to minister and declare the Word of God and let the fire fall, and this generation will be changed for eternity. So I declare this right now. In the name of Jesus, let the showdown begin against the forces of darkness. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, not right now. Stand up. Stand up. Real quick. Not yet. Right now. If there's someone in here, you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. I'm telling you right now, now is the time to do it. No more messing around. Stop. You've been playing your own th- own game. You've been doing your own thing. And today is the day of salvation. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come forward and do this today. We had this a, a young girl this morning come up. She gave her life to the Lord today. Right over here. So if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, come forward. Now, maybe you're in this place and you're the, one of those lukewarm. Man, you've been a chameleon. You've been a chameleon, but you said, you know, this message, man, this message really hit me hard in my heart. If that's you, I want you to come forward and I want to pray with you. Let's just rededicate, rededicate your life. Let's come back to your first love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's do this. Be a history maker for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you have never... Receive the Holy Spirit baptism. You want to learn more? Come on up, and I want to pray with you. If you need prayer for healing, maybe you didn't come up. Maybe you did. You need more. I will stay here as long as possible. Now, hold on here. So I will stay as long as possible to pray with anybody.